Welcome to this special podcast series, Digital Titans, brought to you by Vita Mojo and Hospitality Mavericks. I'm Amy from Vita Mojo, and I'm excited to take you on this journey as we explore the digital transformation of the hospitality industry. During this series, you'll hear from industry leaders from the likes of Leon, the Azura Group, and Amazon. We'll talk through how they transform their business with digital solutions while meeting the changing needs of the market. Over to Michael and this week's guests. Rather than coming in knowing the answer or thinking you know the answer, how do you form a hypothesis and how do you test that hypothesis through an experiment? That's very different to the way we normally act, which is we come in with the answer and then we we go out of our way to prove the answers right. That's not an experiment if you already know the answer. This is Phil LeBron, Enterprise Strategist at Amazon Web Services and former international CIO at McDonald's. It was a great pleasure to connect with an old colleague of mine to take time out to talk about digital transformation and how we as leaders make it happen more effectively. Phil shares how we as hospitality businesses now are so dependent on technology when it breaks down as huge consequences. He also shares that the primary role of technology is to drive business growth and improve the experience for the customers by removing friction from the journey. He talks about digital transformation. It's much more about how you adapt the ways of working as a culture than choosing the specific technology. We discuss why the traditional industrial management mindset of top-down and command and control no longer works due to the huge change and uncertainty all organizations are faced with in today's world. Phil gives his thoughts on where hospitality is when it comes to adapting technology. And in his view, hospitality is not lost behind the curve. And it all depends on the individual organization's ability to adapt and its innovation levels. And he believes the last two years really has set the bar for the customer expectation when it comes to friction-free experiences. And now we need to make sure we do the same for the employee experience. We also talk about the challenges around the implementation of technology and how a more agile and holistic approach to implementation is key to ensuring all stakeholders win. Phil explained that most digital transformation projects fails due to poor change management and cultural barriers. If you're a hungry learner when it comes to digital transformation in hospitality, I would recommend you to download a copy of the free report, Digital Transformation of Hospitality, created by VitaMojo, Cam Media, and us here at Hospitality Mavericks. We've interviewed more than 100 leaders across the hospitality industry to understand where they are, how they're adapting to change and how the future look when it comes to digital transformation. You can download the report via the link in the show notes or at vitamojo.com under the resource tab. We start the conversation with Phil sharing his thoughts on what digital transformation is and how you define it. Over to Phil. It's uh, one of these words or phrases we end up talking a lot about. I, I think there's a lot of companies using phrases like digital transformation, data enabled, machine learning enabled. They don't always really know what it means. And I think digital transformation has this misconception that is purely the job of the CIOs to drive some sort of digitization. Maybe it's a website or an app. Reality is what we talk about is digital transformation is fundamentally about being customer-centric and putting the customer at the center of your thinking. 
uh, and being more agile, working with your customer to figure out what works for him or her uh, in a very uh, experimental mode versus going into this with uh, planned conceptions of what your customers actually want. So when we talk about digital transformation, we talk about the mindset, skill set, and tool set. The mindset being the cultural changes you need to be more agile. Uh, the skill sets you need, not just as a developer, but also as a leader, what changes there. Um, and then from a tool set, clearly I work for the world's largest cloud company. And, and there's a reason for that, which is I think the technology is at all of our fingertips now that we can use to quickly find great ideas and scale them massively. It's super interesting. You actually said digitalization is not about the gadgets. It's actually about how we approach things. It's the mindset we have to things. If you take a look at your your career in uh, digitalization technology, uh, and especially your your two decades from McDonald's, what have you seen? What is like the big big you know changes or milestones that's happened as we've gone through that? Well, if you think back on your own career, Michael, where did you first use a mobile phone? Where did you first use a laptop? And if you're like me. It was probably in the workplace. So we became a customer in the workplace to really um, set customers' expectations about what technology they would get. And if you look at the old McDonald's from the 1980s, 1990s, there was a point-of-sale system there and some basic compute and a telephone line. And if any of that failed, you just got your calculator out and continued with business. But we live in a very different world now. Um, a world where our consumers are setting a much higher bar for enterprises. So the first time people use social media or the latest uh, phone or the latest gaming technology, it's not in the workplace anymore. It's actually um, in the home. So customers are coming to us as enterprises and now saying, hey, why aren't we having this uh, technology, either as customers of yours or even employees of yours too. So we've seen this change not only in consumer behavior, but also in the enterprise itself. So if you look at hospitality, there's very few restaurants now that would run well if the technology failed. And that's a big change as well over the past couple of decades. So if if your point of sale failed or e-commerce or delivery, it'd have a significant impact on your business. So the criticality and centrality of the role of technology has changed. And I guess uh, on your journey, like going to, to a, a restaurant company like McDonald's, that when, when you probably started in a digital role there, technology was not on, on the forefront. It was not maybe one of the driving factors. It was about location, location, getting getting the land in, uh, and then actually, you know, build some restaurant and actually grow the restaurant network. And you've seen that the last couple of years as McDonald's went out buying actually technology companies to get an advantage here in, 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 in the space. But actually, I often say, I actually say, well, they're not only a, a burger and a restaurant business, they're also a property business, but now they're actually striving to become a technology company. Would you see it in the same way being on, on the inside from, from the tech point of view in McDonald's, that that's actually what, how they developed the business? To a large degree. It's been interesting to see the evolution of technology. Uh, technology came along and was used very much in the sort of back of house um, processes in most organizations, whether it was for finance or HR, but it was really about running your business. It wasn't central to your business. It wasn't competitive to your business. Um, where that's changed is while all of that's still important, it's not going to drive sales or growth. Um, so as technologies move more into the customer experience, 
it has played a, a role in driving business growth. So there's only so many restaurants you can open. There's only so many customers who are going to come into restaurants. And I think we've seen that particularly over the last 15 months. You have to have all of these other um, channels uh, available too. So the role of technology has become front and center of the customer experience, but it's there to make the customer experience better. Um, it, it's there to take the friction out of the customer experience. It's not there to be a barrier. Yeah, and it's also interesting in in your new role at, at Amazon, or reasonable your new role, 12 months, uh, been more than 12 months, you are actually helping companies actually doing this transformation as well with the digital. You're actually you know, sharing your own insights and knowledge from Amazon actually to help your customers get better to, to do digital transformation. Is that correct? And what is it actually that you are doing to, to help them? Yeah, I joined Amazon Web Services. It's nearly 18 months ago, and it's gone incredibly fast. Um, I work in a great team. It's a pretty small global team. Uh, but the team consists of former CIOs, CTOs, chief security officers, and even a CFO from some of the world's most recon recognizable organizations, US government, Coca-Cola, Capital One, Airbus, Live Nation, and, and the such like. And having been customers of AWS and having been part of large-scale transformations, we now work with the C-suite of our customers to help them with their own transformations, not just from a technological perspective, but also organizational. Uh, and I find it an incredibly interesting role, one where I get to think about complex issues and to bring to bear the combination of unique culture and leading technologies to help customers transform. It's almost like being a part technologist, part organizational psychologist and part coach. That's super, super interesting because I guess also that uh, it's not only hospitality that you work with. Globally, you're seeing companies, especially because of the pandemic, saying going through these crazy change they need to do, some of them, you know, mighty never actually return to physical, you know, environment. You've seen retailers, you know, shutting shops over the last 15 months. And I guess also being with your experience, being part of a lot of cultural change and a lot of, you know, change management over the years, that becomes very handy for, for these people uh, from a global point of view. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, you know, I'd spend a more of my time talking about the culture, organization of people than I do the technology. I mean, the technology has now become pervasive. Um, it's available to everyone, whether I'm sitting at home, sitting in a small company or sitting in a multi-billion dollar organization, I now have access to the same democratized technology. So where does your competitive advantage come from? And I think it comes from really unleashing the creativity of the employees you have, um, having them come into your business with the autonomy to really be in charge of an outcome that's important to the business, the mastery they need of the skills to be successful, but also a sense of purpose. And I still find it incredible. There was a, a survey done a couple of years ago that showed 2% of employees in a number of large enterprises knew what their company's purpose or priorities were. And I, I find that sad. Um, so the more we can sort of engage the heads and the hearts of employees and you hire talented people and then help them be successful rather than telling them how to operate, the more we'll see that talent unleashed in organizations for uh, the benefit of uh, competitive advantage. 
Yes, uh, yeah, what you're talking about, there, you're talking about Daniel Pink's book called Drive, where, where he mentioned these three things that enable us to have a more, you know, you know, effective, engaged, and actually a better outcome as a company. Uh, do you think that, you know, that we have maybe as organizations stayed a bit in the traditional Taylorism, you know, the, the top-down industrial model, command and control, have actually, you know, somehow prohibited us actually really to leverage digital transformation and actually get the, the fully out of the situation and do you think that has been speeded up now as well with the pandemic yes and no i i absolutely agree with the comment about taylorism i you know we are still working in organizational models designed for factory work where we decoupled the people doing the work from the people who made decisions about work and if you look at a typical organization now about 18 percent of the roles if not more are management and it is a it is a big barrier i mean it, for efficiency it made a lot of sense but as organizations became more complex, we put more and more coordination, communication, management, governance layers in place, and it slowed things down. And you know, we have this culture in Amazon, we call it the day one culture, um, and it's the antithesis of a status quo. We believe that companies that accept the status quo uh, are on a bad trajectory. Um, the things that made you successful in the past aren't going to keep you being successful in the future. So there's that sort of culture that continues to drive us to look at what else could we be doing for the customer. And I, I think the typical sort of Tayloristic approach in many organizations reinforces the status quo and isn't designed for an environment uh, where volatility and uncertainty is is truly the new normal. Um it's too slow. And we we believe that velocity in, in organizations, the ability to deliver small incremental changes continually is where success will come from, rather than trying to run one or two massive projects every year or so with all of the energy and the investment that takes. And unfortunately, the failure rate of those types of initiatives is still incredibly high. So if we, we take that, you know, uh, what we just talked about, the digitalization in, in retail that has, has moved ahead. We also take, we talked about organizational structure to maybe, you know, prevent really digitalization to happen, but we need a more agile way. We take that into hospitality because a lot of people have talked about those McKinsey study out in 2060s, maybe a bit outdated, but the idea that actually hospitality was in the bottom when it came to digital transformation and using it in the right way. What is your view when you take digitalization and organizations development in, in hospitality overall? Yeah, I think that that study was very broad brush. I think if you look at any industry, um, you'll see the same pattern. I, I'm a great fan of Jeffrey Moore's um, adoption curve, and it splits um, organizations or even individuals into everything from innovators and early adopters all the way through to laggers. And I think we see the same in every industry we look at. Um, so you see the innovators in hospitality. Often they're small startups who've got great ideas. Often they struggle to scale. Um, and that's where the phrase crossing the chasm comes from is, you know, how do you take a great idea and really get it to mass adoption? But then you see some of the traditional players. So my old alma mater, McDonald's, um, it was incredible in 2017. This was a company that used to take 10 years to scale anything globally, partly because of the size of the company, partly because of so many layers of decision making. But in four months, uh, we stood up the ability to do delivery in 8,000 restaurants. Um, now I believe it's available in 30,000 restaurants. It became a $4 billion uh, revenue generator. 
um, more importantly, engage consumers in the way they wanted to be engaged. Uh, you, similarly, you see organizations like Domino's with their Project 310 uh, using machine learning with AWS to quickly enable predictive capabilities in their stores to ensure that they deliver hot, fresh pizza, um, either delivered or available to pick up, but also in a COVID-safe manner. So um, I th even if you took a single organization and sort of drilled down into different business units or countries, you'd see the same adoption pattern. So I think part of our, our job in organizations is to find those innovators and early adopters and really embrace them and help bring some of those ideas to the fore. Because in traditional organizations, uh, there's so many departments of no. It's so easy to kill initiatives. And I think our role as leaders is really to embrace some of these different uh, ways of thinking and different ideas and, and and make them visible in an organization. Stay a bit with the, the, the hospitality industry. Uh, how do you see that, you know, what's going on right now and half the last couple of years, pandemic and no pandemic, digital transformation, how do you think that's going to, you know, form the hospitality industry there's actually you know literally in its knees now i think there's an expectation by customers that they're now going to be served in the way they want to be served where they want to be served and i think the hospitality companies that react to that will do well in the future you're right it's been uh, devastating over the past year or so the, the uk hospitality industry alone hires three million people a year. It's a significant part of the economy. It's often people's first jobs. It's often where they learn leadership skills. So I think it plays such an important uh, role in society. If I look at the role of technology, I, you know, I see it in two ways. One, as a consumer, I want a friction-free experience. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't know if you've been to an Amazon Fresh store or an Amazon Go store, but it's sort of the epitome of where we're heading with technology, this idea that I can walk into a store check in with my Amazon Prime account, pick stuff up and walk out. No uh, no paying in the store, no packing in the store, uh, all enabled by technology. And I think what's cool about that is as a consumer, it's magical. It's just made my life um, much easier. As an employee, it's made my life easier too. So I, I think we need to give the employees in the hospitality industry the tools they need to do a, a, um, a good job, things which aren't a distraction to them, but just make their day-to-day -day job easier because hospitality is a hard business to work in but also on the on the flip side with the customers how do we make their experience something that's more magical easier um, and take all of the friction out of the journey and i think we need to think bigger as an industry about how we can do that is there anyone out there that has been good at doing that you would say there's like some you know innovator you should be looking at you mentioned uh, mcdonald's dominoes is there there are others maybe outside the hospitality industry you can really learn from as you 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 need to do this adaption i think there's a ton of examples out there I'll, i'll give you one um in the hotel business we work with melia international um not only have they created a friction-free experience in the hotels but they've also made it contactless um for obvious reasons not only does it take the friction out um, of the um, check-in process but it also makes it safe in the consumer eyes too so you know I, i think as as hospitality industry leaders we need to go out there with our eyes wide open look at as consumers what makes our life pleasant why do we go back to certain restaurants hotels retailers what is it they're doing 
that really makes me feel special. Uh, another example from an old competitor, Burger King. They did some incredible things with uh, promotions over the past two, three years uh, with geofencing and tempting customers who were close to a McDonald's uh, to come to a Burger King instead by, uh, by pushing offers that were relevant to the customer. Uh, and I think that's one of the things that has changed considerably. You talked about Taylorism. Um, we've also seen a shift from mass per, uh, mass customization to mass personalization. How do you, as a hospitality leader, make me as a customer feel special and unique? I don't want to be grouped into um, a category. I want an offer and an experience that appeals to me directly as an individual um, and as a customer of your brand. Is there any areas within um, the hospitality scene that has been really good at digitalizing the experience? It could be for the employee or the customers. And and which one is the, the next big coming up? We, we saw all the e-commerce, the delivery technology rolled up, definitely during the pandemic. If you're not on that, you're definitely on now and you turn switched on that channel. But is there other things that you think that that's really like innovative compared to, to others? I, I'm really proud of what McDonald's did with their uh, experience of the future journey. You know, as a company, we'd played around with self-order kiosks for 15 years, but it was always treated as a bit of a technology project. You went in and put a kiosk into the restaurant and expected magic to happen. Uh, I think what we showed with experience of the future is if you take a holistic view of, of um, the customer journey and you figure out where technology fits, but where all of the other elements fit too, you can create a super experience. So if you look at McDonald's, they retrained their lobby staff to become um, guest experience leads. So they they brought customers to the kiosks and made them feel comfortable with it. Probably a lesson we should have learned from the airline industry a decade before. Um, the signage, the, the, the flow um, within the restaurant. So if you see a point of sale when you work in, walk into the restaurant, you just naturally head towards it. So uh, making the point of sale invisible, making it clear to the customer, where do you go after you've ordered? If you've just ordered and paid by cashless, then introducing table service so you don't have to queue to get your food. And even we saw doors being moved physically in the restaurants so that customers naturally walked past the kiosk. So I think that holistic design I learned um, a lot from that. I think we have a lot more to do in general in hospitality to make it a more seamless omni-channel experience. Um, so I can start an order on my mobile phone, finish it at the kiosk, or um, combine these different channels and make it feel a very natural experience to the customer as well. Yeah, and I think it's also interesting when you talk about these things, I think there's something called implementation. It's one thing finding out what you want to do with technology and where it fits in your employee or customer journey, but another thing is getting it working. What is like your you know like your experience with that and when it goes wrong, but also what is like the top tips for for getting starting starting right? Maybe we see that there's a, some interesting stats out there. One that caught my eye quite a while ago was fifty percent of features built into technology are never used, and that just seems incredible. Because um, no one comes to you and says this this requirement isn't important. It's always you know these these requirements are really needed to drive the business. Um, so I remember looking at one system with a colleague of mine, and we found fifty percent of the features that had been built were never used. Uh, I'd look at the implementation challenge in three categories. It comes back to culture. 
too often we have this approach that build it and they will come. We build based on proxies. So we'll say have the chief marketing officer act as the customer. Where we need to get to is how do we pull in customers and be more inclusive and help them co-design these solutions? So we're really building something the customer wants. And that's where methodologies like Agile come into um, come into play. But too many companies implement Agile as a technology process. To me, Agile is quite simply bringing together all of those skills and competencies across all of your silos that are needed to deliver a business outcome, be that marketing or operations or training or, or technology, and having that team work with the customer and experiment about what works and what doesn't work. And there's magic there. Firstly, obviously, you're getting real-time customer feedback, but you're also thinking in that holistic way. You're not just thinking about a cool new feature. You are thinking about, okay, how do I implement this? What training's required for the customer or for the staff in, in the, the restaurant? Um, what considerations are there in terms of construction or signage? Or do we need to run different offers to drive people to use this technology? So a lot of this comes back to culture and how organizations actually get the work done. Um, there's clearly a technology piece too. Uh, we often fall in love with the technology uh, and fall in love with old technology too. So for, for years, I thought if I owned my own data center, it'd be more secure and cheaper. And what I came to realize is I needed to free my team, my time up to focus on the things which were competitive importance and be able to scale ideas quickly. And that that's one of the benefits of uh, the cloud to me is if I find a great idea, I can push it out quickly. And if I can push it out quickly, it means if I find a problem, if I find customers really don't like a particular aspect of a solution, I can quickly change that and deploy a, a new solution globally. And underpinning all of this, I think, is a focus on change management. Uh, there's some other stats out there that says most digital transformations fail because there isn't enough focus on culture, um, change management, training, communication. So one of the things we encourage senior leaderships to, uh, teams to do is really make sure they're on the same page about what they're trying to achieve uh, and drive it from a change management perspective, not just a technology perspective. It's so interesting because I can still remember implementing my, my first technology project was, was a scheduling system. And uh, we'd had these three options and it was one of them had a lot of features, uh, which I was in love with. But then we, we did was one clever salesman that said, uh, invite all your managers in, we all come and present. And they tell us what features they would need to to run a great schedule, and it was the it was not my the one I was falling in love with as the ops director. It was a, a totally different op proposition. It was much more simple and actually much better for the business going forward because the managers used it from day one. So that buy in you're talking about making them part of the because they actually know much more about what they need than you do, even if you've been in their shoes. Yeah, ab ab absolutely. I you know I think you probably remember too from mcdonald's one of the features in some of the scheduling system was the ability for crew to check their schedule at home and request changes something simple rather than having to go into the restaurant to do that or make a telephone call you often we'd miss those we'd be so focused on the technical complexities of how do we schedule the right number of people for the right uh, part of the day and how do we calculate potential volume of sales 
that we miss some of that sort of very human side of technology. Another interesting question here is also we we talked a bit about before we did the recording. I've seen some of the content you created. It's about where does digitalization, the CIO, the, the, the role of technology in a company sits in the strategy. Is it something the CEO is involved in? Is he not involved? Who has the responsibility? Let's say that not all hospitality business has a CIO, but uh, it's like something that floats around in the team. But but what is the typical challenge you see around strategy and, and technology? Uh, yeah, I, I think the, the first problem is often they're treated as separate problems. You'll have a business strategy and then someone will be tasked with coming up with a digital strategy. Uh, to say that digital is separate to a business strategy is like saying that you'll do your business strategy and then you'll figure out what the customers want afterwards. It goes back to this idea that at the center of digital is how are you going to wow your customers? How are you going to put them at the center of your thinking? Um, If like me, you believe that digital transformations are as much, if not more about how your business operates rather than thinking of them in purely digital terms, your business strategy should systematically address issues of agility. How do you break down silos? How do you create HR mechanisms such as hiring, rewards and recognition, coaching and promotions that embed your business principles and values in everything that you do? How do you help leaders uh, create high-performance teams and coach them to succeed and to own outcomes? How do you use data to really understand your customers and engage them in novel ways? Uh, so... T- if you um, want to be digital as opposed to doing digital, it's something that starts at the most senior levels of the organization because it's fundamentally rewiring the way work gets done. And talking about the, the way uh, works get done, like how you operate as an organization, we touched upon it a bit in the, in the beginning about you know the more agile way. I know that you know that's a great example, but you know now you're in Amazon. There's a great example around you know a team can't be bigger than they can share a, a pizza. A, you know. A family pizza. If it, it's above that, we need to break the team into more groups. Can Can you tell a bit about that philosophy and actually what that does when it comes to you know changing the way you work and actually get outcomes quicker, experiments and so on? Yeah, it's something that really caught my attention. We used to use something similar for some initiatives at McDonald's. Not always technology initiatives either. Um, there's a, a law called Conway's Law, and what Conway's Law says is. Uh, your technology will reflect the complexity uh, complexity of your organization. So if you look at traditional projects and organizations, you've got one function who comes up with requirements, a different function that builds it, another function who has to implement it, another function who's got an opinion about how it should work. All this adds to complexity. And in fact, you end up uh, trying to keep everyone happy and no one happy and losing sight of the fact that you're meant to be keeping the customer happy. So in AWS, we use what we call two pizza teams. Uh, and as you say, they, they're, uh, they're teams small enough that they can be fed on two American-sized pizzas. I, I think if you use a traditional UK pizza, you'd probably have two people in the team. But uh, if you use two American-sized pizzas, you end up with, uh, say, eight to 10 people in the team. And it really cuts down on communication overhead to start with, because um, this team is working together over a long period of time. Um, they own an outcome end to end rather than just part of the solution. They can think and act quickly. Um, and they're cross functional autonomous teams that are given ownership of a business product, a business problem, or a product from end to end. 
Um, and because they can make decisions quickly, they can work with customers and quickly iterate on ideas, acting on feedback quickly. The other thing we find is the team's permanence creates high performance. So they go through the norm, uh, the, the storming and forming stages of team development to capitalize on the performing stage. Compare that to a project team. They come together, they get through all of the sort of team building, and by the time they're starting to become high performing, the project finishes. Um, so yeah, that that's critical. And then the other thing which never ceases to amaze me is the level of excitement and motivation in those teams because they truly feel like they own a business outcome rather than being a small cog in a very large machine who which can't uh, take control of their own destiny and really drive in a direction that's going to satisfy their customers. So the way you're talking about here, can you also take that down? Like when you think about hospitality on operational model, when we talked about this as a project you put together, but I've seen examples from outside, you know, Amazon as well. They have you have Birchox in, in Holland, who's a care company with 10,000 employees that works in these groups, uh, individual groups as operational groups, you know, they have their own responsibilities. And I think for 10,000 people they have 50 people in head office so that's probably the extreme version of putting decision power in front but what is it that that you need to start changing with that because you also talked about daniel pink in the beginning with purpose and so on what is it that you as an, a, a ceo need to start thinking it, it sounds like almost the way you work and operate as an organization come before the technology that's what you're saying absolutely it starts at a leadership level um you're part of our role within aws is to help leadership teams not just understand the power of technology in the cloud but also understand it's far more than that. And that's what brought me to AWS was the combination of culture and technology. Uh, so we talk a lot about culture. Um, you know, we're very proud of the culture within AWS. It is nimble. It's very customer-centric. 90% of what we develop is based on what the customer asks us for. 10% is based on what we believe the customer just hasn't thought they need yet, but we see a, a, a need coming. So... Uh, what we talk to senior leadership teams about is what is digital transformation. Um, we um, attempt to upskill the knowledge of technology at that senior level. But then we talk about organizational structures. Um, why is it important that these autonomous teams exist? How can leaders um, create those teams and then nurture them? What sort of behaviors do you need to change? So you go from the old um, old model of the what we call the hippos, the highest paid person's opinion, um, to much more of a coach and an enabler and a leader who is there to remove the obstacles for the teams rather than be there to render a judgment or an answer to the team's questions. So that doesn't happen unless you've got the senior leadership buy-in. And often what we look for is, are the senior leadership team modeling that behavior? Are they acting in an agile way when they come together around problems? That shadow of the leader is so important to drive cultural change in organizations. Uh, and then as leaders recognizing where teams do embrace that new culture, um, and sometimes that team will fail. But you know, embracing that too and acknowledging a willingness to experiment and learn uh, through experimentation is critical too. It's super interesting that you talk about this uh, working agile is also taking decision-making that maybe were far up in the organization before and actually put it out there where the customers are interacting with the organization. 
to the employees that can make the best decision anyway with the data they have or the experience they have about the connection. Do you think there's a, we are scared as leaders, there's a control element that we, we really don't want to do that and hope that technology can, you know, comprehend from some of that control, need of control? Yes, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, I think some of these ceremonies of power and control are a bit contrived. I mean, how much control does it really give an organization? At the end of the day, I think most leaders want the same thing. They want their business to do well, their employees to do well, their customers to come back, their business to grow. Um, and we've trained everyone in the same way of management. Uh, we've created career paths which actually encourage it. Uh, you're a great developer, so your next step is to be a manager. And it's like saying to someone, "Well, you were you know you were great." Um, as a football coach, the next logical profession is uh, progression is to make you a truck driver. It makes no sense. You know, so in some ways, you know, how do you take the people who are passionate about what they do, let's say it's a developer, and give them the opportunities to grow without force fitting them into to a management function? So absolutely. And it's one of the reasons I'm passionate about the combination of the CIO and the chief HR officer in organizations is a massively powerful opportunity. How do you start to consciously think about your culture, make it explicit, live your culture every day, build it into how you hire people, promote people, develop people, combine that with modern day technology Magic can happen, and we see this in many, many companies, not necessarily across the whole company, but we see some great signs in many of the companies we work with where these teams are coming together, and from the CEO down, there's the support needed to nurture those teams. I guess also where, where the challenges lie, and maybe you will correct me here, is that you know often there, there is a purpose, a vision, and a mission, and some principles for operating. We call them values as well. But often they are not actually in, integrated in the way we work. It's not really you know we've both been in mcdonald's where there's some, some leadership behaviors and you can see that that's the way we we do things here around here and that's actually what you get measured on in a way and actually are very connected to the, the long-term vision of where the business are going as well as the purpose yeah absolutely i unfortunately most companies vision statement mission statement leadership principles remain on a website somewhere they're not lived uh, if it goes back to my point about this survey um, that asked individuals, did they know the company's purpose and priorities? And if the answer is no, which it was in 98% of cases, then you know why does that vision and mission statement of principles exist? What brought me to Amazon in a large part is as I went through the interview process, the focus was really on are you going to be able to uphold our 14 leadership principles? And in fact, are you going to raise the bar on those leadership principles? And I find it fascinating that I'm in an organization that lives its culture. And by that, I mean, if I'm in a meeting, people will use phrases straight from the leadership principles, such as, Phil, thank you for showing a bias for action. Or, hey, I'm not too sure what the customer wants here. Let's dive deep. Or is that the best thing to show customer obsession or should should we be looking at a different approach to this? And my other favorite statement, leadership principle even, is are we thinking big enough? Each one of those is a leadership principle within AWS. And when you hear these leadership principles, when you hear phrases like, look, yeah, our mission is to be Earth's most customer-centric company, are we living up to that? And 
um, mission statements like that, which are empowering the very front line of your staff, whether you're in technology or on a uh, on the phone to a customer in a call center, that's magic. And I, I truly believe this idea that the most sustainable competitive advantage companies have is agility. And agility comes from culture and the technology you use. Super, super, super interesting. And you mentioned earlier as well, uh, the shadow of the leader, which uh, I was also feeded with through McDonald's. It's something I practice now and talk with anything I get involved. I always say that, well, we'll need to have a principle that's the shadow of the leader. leader you, know, you need to be able to understand what shadow you throw on the organization with your behaviors. Uh, and I don't know if it's McDonald's or somebody else that actually came up with that. If it's DBR, Koei, maybe, or something. I'm not 100% sure. What, what is uh, When we talk about skills and knowledge, you know, we take hospitality. Is there anything, uh, are we missing any skills and knowledge to, to make this happen because it sounds like you know we are talking about a massive change in way we operate organizing our cultures and also something about switching something on digitally that we maybe haven't used before so the there must be in my way some knowledge skills deficiencies here gaps yeah i think some of them are traditional skills i it's i, I don't quite know why we call them soft skills because the soft skills are really hard skills but it, it's more about um, breaking down barriers, collaboration, communication. How do you innovate? How do you um, embrace diversity in its broadest sense? And by that, I mean everyone's coming to the table with different ideas, different ways of thinking. How do you encourage that and then combine that to come out with the best solution, a solution probably no one's thought about? One of the interesting behaviors I see with an AWS is this leader always speaks last. And it goes back to your comment about shadow of the leader. It's it, If as a leader, you're putting your view out there first, it often pollutes or changes the conversation that could happen. So I, th I think in many cases, it's how the leader shows up and that's quite difficult because often as a leader, you've been promoted because you're charismatic and you're out there and you're motivating people and you've got all the answers and you've done all the roles. But what you forget is you're no longer doing those roles. You're no longer that close to the customer. So some of that coaching humility. So all of those are soft skills. The willingness to experiment is, is another skill. Um, so rather than coming in knowing the answer or thinking you know the answer, how do you form a hypothesis? And how do you test uh, that hypothesis through an experiment? That's very different to the way we normally act, which is we come in with the answer and then we uh, we go out of our way to prove the answer is right. That's not an experiment if you already know the answer. And then the other skill is uh, around technology. If your CEO said to you they didn't understand finance, that's why they've got a CFO. So any money questions the CFO will deal with, you'd probably fire him or her. And yet that's what we hear a lot about with technology. Um, I think the ignorance of technology um, shouldn't be held as a badge of honor anymore. It should be something that's addressed. So the CEO, the CMO, the CFO, all of these personas are affected by technology. They need to understand technology, not deeply, but have a good working knowledge of it so they can challenge the CIO and they can support the CIO. But they can also figure out where can technology resolve an issue or a customer need? And where isn't technology the answer? I, I remember being involved in a conversation years ago. Um, a particular application, a mobile application, wasn't being used by customers. And you know, what's, what's technology going to do about this? 
And the simple answer was, you put a $5 poster up in the restaurant window saying, hey, do you know we've got a mobile app? So again, it goes back to this sort of holistic thinking. Technology is often an answer, uh, but it's not always the answer. And having a good understanding of how technology can support your business and where just human ingenuity is needed instead is critical. And I guess also that, you know, it's not about how many digital projects you get started. It's actually, as you say, experiment and actually understanding what really add value in your in your experience, uh, employee or customer experience, really understand those touch points. And I guess that's a that's a that's a business thing that is the CEO needs to be involved in because that's what drives the ultimate outcome, sales and profit. Absolutely. It's you get what you measure. Um yeah, I, I thought it was uh, incredible at McDonald's having the KPIs around e-commerce and delivery in 2017 because it you got what you asked for, which was how do you get a product out there? And we we all use this uh, phrase progress over perfection, and it drove a fundamental change. People weren't trying to plan for the um, absolute best case scenario and then mitigating every risk before they started on the project. So those KPIs are critical. And one of the most important KPIs to me now is velocity. How fast can I take an idea and get it into the hands of the consumer? Because then we can get feedback and figure out whether it was the right thing to do or not. The longer it takes you, the more reticent you are to actually listen to the feedback because you've invested so much time and money into that particular initiative. Super interesting that the speed, you know, uh, the speed of you can get it out there as well is so important, I guess. What what is said, uh, I'm coming to the last question. If you were like giving, you know, one advice, you, you can probably, you know, it's probably very unfair to only give you one, but like you gave one single advice to uh, leaders out there when we take the hospitality angle on and they want to become a, a digital titan, they want to, to really utilize this situation. What is the, the one advice you would give them? I'll cheat and I'll put my advice into one sentence, which I think meets your criteria. Think big, start small, start now, be persistent and scale good ideas quickly. Um, so I, I think having that big vision is great. Don't execute it necessarily through a big initiative. Yeah, and experiment. Start small with your customers. Figure out what they want because ultimately it comes down to really understanding what your customers want. And often your customers don't know until they see it. Great, great feel. That that's been really insightful. Thank you so much for for coming to the the special series here, talking about your digital transformation journey and and your insights uh, about things. Those like a couple of things I really took with me was that the whole focusing on the organization as well, the organizational muscle before you actually start thinking too much on putting in a lot of gadgets and digital things, actually understanding how you actually meet that, but also understanding what the customer wants, as you just said here in the end. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Phil. Thank you so much, Phil, for your great insights on digital transformation and how it's driven by the ability not only to choose the right technology, but even more your ability to develop the way you work and build culture as an organization. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please share it with anyone you think would benefit. The Digital Titan series is brought to you by the wonderful people at VitaMojo, the technology company powering the best food and drinks businesses in the UK and Europe. Trusted by leading brands including Nando's, Brewhouse and Kitchen, Leon and Yo Sushi. 
MetaMojo helps operators transform the operations through technology. Check them out at www.metamojo.com or contact them directly at sales at metamojo.com. You can download the free digital transformation of Hospitality Report via the link in the show notes or through Vita Mojo's website under the resource tab. Thank you for listening.